the powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, and we are back at the fabulous Insight Innovation Exchange Conference 2016 in hot Atlanta, continuing to broadcast live on voiceamerica.com and talking to great thought leaders. And jumping right into our morning conversations is the fabulous William Leach, who is the founder of TriggerPoint. So tell us about TriggerPoint. Hello. Hello. Well, TriggerPoint is a behavioral research and design firm, and we specialize in understanding the non-conscious primes, frames, and triggers that drive human behavior. But what we also do is build a bridge between the research into the design of experiences, whether that's packaging, displays, websites, apps, et cetera. Oh, so actually taking the results of the research and then outputting it into what people experience with yeah, their brands. It, it's right. It was one of the biggest outages um, I saw in the industry when I worked at uh, PepsiCo and um, biotechnology firms where we'd get great pieces of research to really understand psychology and human behaviors, but then we had nothing to actually take those insights and bring it into design from a behavioral sciences perspective. So I fell in love with that space and decided that's an area where I really want to focus on. That's so interesting. So then you literally have creatives sitting around working with researchers. We do. And do the creatives have to have a background in research? Oh, gosh, I wish they did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, and that's actually, um, there's good and bad to that. What I like about what we've been able to do is we design what's called a behavioral brief, brief, very similar to a creative brief. But what we do is we we translate behavioral science ideas into vocabulary that they understand. Um, And so through these behavioral briefs, I can usually take this with just maybe an hour's worth of training to get not even just my creative staff, but also we use many times... um, um, our, our partners um, or our clients' staff that they're right, used to. Right, because they have their own of design course. teams, right? Of course. So with about an hour's uh, worth of training, we actually can help um, uh, you know kind of assimilate these ideas, put it in a language that they understand, yeah. and then actually apply it. So there's a lot of training involved in just wrapping your head around it. There bit. is. You can get into the weeds pretty quickly on yeah. this. And yeah. I found that uh, the, the easiest, best way to translate is keep things very, very simple. Um, and frankly, they, you know, most, most uh, creatives like that. They don't need to get into the myriad of you know, the cognitive sciences. What they do want to do is get an understanding of what they intuitively knew anyways. Yeah. I'm just giving them a common vocabulary. So what they thought was, you know, I just really want to express that a lot of people like this idea, I tell them that's social proof. And we want to communicate social proof in a number of different ways. Oh, social proof. I love that That expression. So that's not related to social media. What you're talking about is the experience of the brand in a way? It can be. So we we have these cognitive biases. Uh, We have, just like anything else in life, we have rules of thumb, mental models, things like that. One of those is called social proof. What social proof is, is that many people, um, particularly in this culture, feel that a choice is safer if lots of other people have taken that. Okay, right. So right. if I can prove right. that many people, social proof, uh, if that many people have taken on this choice, it could be, you know, join the thousands, it could be in copy, or mm-hmm. it could just be simply in a design of something where you see three people interacting with a brand. That provides a small psychological nudge to make somebody feel slightly more comfortable. So if I can communicate that idea to creative, I say, I don't care how you come up with the idea that many people right. are using this. You could show people, you can use it through copy, you can do a small tagline. However you do it, do it in the most brilliant way that makes sense for your brand, but this is important to drive. Well, can you give an example, another example of an actual brand, I don't know if you're allowed, or just a, a business category of how that, that went down, like li- led to a design? Yeah. Um, it's, it's fascinating, because now I'm starting to think of those manipulative bastards. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, not the first time we've heard that. 
<laughs> my favorite deodorant. Why is it my favorite deodorant? You know. <laughs> so a, a lot of the work um, we did last year was with financial service companies, and what's happening right now is data security. That's mm-hmm. a really big uh, area of frustration and fear with people um, in doing some of the smallest things, like how do I apply for a credit card? And many people, especially in, say my mom's uh, generation, they feel very uncomfortable putting personal information out on with the cloud. Right, right. However, right, right. irrationally, <laughs> irrational this is, they feel very comfortable with taking a paper application filling in the social security number, putting it into a mailbox where four to five people will have that paper with all right, their information. Right, right. So, so it's a, it's demographic. You're factoring in demographic it behaviors. Be. Okay. It can be. It's okay. not nearly... It, what's great about some of these things, these behavioral sciences, is that they are universal to cultures mm-hmm. and they're universal to demographics, age... I mean, all demographics. There's a couple of things that kind of slant one way or another, mm-hmm. but it's, a, it's kind of a nice area. What we have to do is we have to figure out which of these factors influence you personally. Right. But in this case case, um, what we found in, in this piece of research, we did piece uh, research as well as design work for this, uh, for this financial services company was that, um, we had to stress in, in very, um, unique ways that many people were taking and putting applications and, and filling out applications online. And that this was a safe, safer way of, of, of doing this. And it's not through the normal, you know, let's explain all of our security protocols. Let's not sit there and tell people how, how much safer because people don't want to learn. My mom could care less about learning about the cloud. So trying to educate her on the safety precautions that this company takes on the cloud does no good. What right. does really well is showing people um, in, 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 in pictures actually typing information onto onto a website. Um, another thing was was a small uh, placement of a logo, which is funny. It's Norton Antivirus logo. Okay. Norton Antivirus doesn't really help you with data security, but there are associations, non-conscious associations that people have with Norton Antivirus. Right. It feels safe. Right. And so my when company- you see like VeriSign, it's the same thing. Same thing. Right. So if you have a non-conscious association like that, we don't have to justify why that logo is there. I could place that logo in a small visual and just by looking, um, just by doing just that and a couple of small little uh, reframes in our communications actually drove um, um, incredible uplift of the numbers of people that were able and wanting to sign up online. And it wasn't through education. And that's where I think there's a very different uh, point of view that we have versus traditional agencies. God, that is, that is so interesting. I mean, you know, I think we all know that when brands design things, there is a psychological component, but I don't think we've ever thought how deep that, that really goes. Yep. And it's know? structured, Laurie. So, you know, I think a lot of times when I was in these agency meetings, when I was uh, over, over in the Pepsi world and everyone has their model and there's lots of great, there's heart models, there's passion models, there's loyalty models. Everyone, every agency has their model and they're all good. Um, what our model does is based upon 40, 50 years worth of behavioral science understanding. And it focuses on first you have to activate somebody's goal. And if you don't have that goal activated, then it's hard to get anybody to do anything. You have to just say, well, that goal is important. Then it goes into motivational sciences. Well, then how do you motivate somebody to take on that goal? Mm. And there's very clear behavioral sciences understanding over 150 years worth of motivational sciences that you can look at through a scientific lens to drive that. Then you have, well, people approach goals in one of two ways. They either approach a goal to gain a benefit or to avoid a risk or consequence. It's avoidance theory, things like that. We call it regulatory fit theory. And then lastly, these cognitive biases. The only reason I'm telling you that is that there is a structured approach with 30, 40, 50 years worth of understanding huh. that is just now making its way into the business world because that's been it's been held out in ivory, to- ivory towers in academia 
where there was no business application. And so I just so fell this in love is with new. this stuff. So this is new. Last seven or eight years. Very wow. few companies. Okay. Um, there's a couple of companies in Australia, um, a couple in the UK, and very few in the States. But it's growing really, really fast. Because I think clients want, especially clients that are in... Authent- um, auth- an authentic approach to understanding humans. Yeah. And it feels... Yeah. And it's scientific. It's, right. It's not just, well, my gut feel tells me that. Right. And when companies are used to making data-driven decisions in this space where there's not a lot of data psychology, yeah. then this gives them data richness. I can look at a hundred years worth of academic experience and case studies to show you that this, this approach makes sense. So on, um, you're here at the conference. You were moderating a panel about the deeper understanding of the consumer with, with our friends at Brain Juicer who mm-hmm. just blew our mind away about some election yeah, background information. So um, what, what, were we, what were some of the insights around understanding the consumer? Yeah, you know, what, right here at this conference, it's a very strong focus on technologies. Yes. Technologies. Technologies. Because it's that help in- you. innovation. So right now, technology and innovation are sort of lined up. Absolutely. Yeah. And we've needed that in our industry for a long, long time. The innovation that my team is bringing in, it's okay, we know that technology is important to understand human behaviors. What I think we're missing and we're lacking is what is, what is the foundation of, of, of this learning? And any technology I use is only as good as the foundation of understanding and driving the human behavior. So implicit associations, great to understand those associations that people have with your brand. Great. Just what we said, like Norton, the Norton antivirus is associated with security. Great. What do I do with that? Right, right. What do I do with that? Well, it's through understanding, well, people have goals. We want to activate those goals. We want to actually make make sure that we're tapping into a key motivation that drives a behavior. We want to approach it in an avoidance or an approach way, and we want to use this cognitive bias. So I think the innovation, which I liked coming out of these sessions, is that not just the innovation is helping us understand that, but then we're using a model to actually apply it to design. And I think that's where I think we're going to need more innovation, frankly. Right, it's not right. going to come, I don't think, through technology. There's a couple maybe through virtual reality or yeah. augmented reality, but it's really going to come through innovation in psychology and the application of psychology. And right now, business isn't in that space, really. It's all still in academia. It's professors here at Georgia Tech who are running experiments on 18-year-olds right. and then writing a paper. Who, and who they go isn't on. running experiments on 18-year-olds? Yeah, that's, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right, one way or another. <laughs> so, right. so really what you're saying is you're taking... You're taking creative and you're finally taking behavioral data and you're applying the two together in a new and unique way to impact that design beyond just Netflix saying people like orange. That's right. You know, so we'll design this logo in orange. And imagine the conversations you have now. So before, when you would look at a piece of creative and a business leader would go, you know, I'm not sure if she's really our our brand lover. If she really, and those are okay conversations. Right. What I like to have the conversations with and the conversations we're having is, you know what, I'm trying to key reciprocity. And therefore, we had the uh, the person that we photographed, we actually dilated her pupils. And through the dilation of pupils, I created a sense of engagement. I had her look directly into the camera. Wow. I, eyes are dilated. Shadows Get in the background. Get out of my head. <laughs> I love this stuff. So by doing that, from the reader's perspective, if I see eyes dilated... I actually get a sense that you're attracted to me. It's a psychological thing. We don't even know it's happening at the right, conscious right. level. Right, right. It just triggers. And if you're attracted to me, I'm attracted to you. Reciprocity. Right. So when I have conversations, I don't care necessarily if, well, she doesn't really kind of fit our brand lover, our brand steward. That's fine. Go get another Go get another model. We'll help you do that. What I am interested in, making sure you realize that I dilated her pupils. I took the background and actually f- faded out the background quite a bit. I used shadows and lighting to help create that sense of recipro- reciprocity. I made sure she looked directly 
directly into the camera and dilated her pupils. And I put a small little smirk, not happy, but a small smirk that was creating reciprocity. If that would, if I know that that is a key psychological heuristic or a cognitive bias that you have, I can leverage that. So now when I'm talking to CMOs, they're science in based design and they, they go, I understand why you did this. Now right. we can debate. Now you right, may not right. like that. Right. We go into another thing. It's not a, it's not just an it's opinion. It's not subjective. It's not an opinion That's anymore. Right. It's not like Larry Tate saying to Darren, you know, um, the client doesn't like yellow. That's right. That's, that's <laughs> I right. just totally dated myself, but I hope those of you who are Bewitched fans <laughs> get my... So There's still a few of them out there. That's right. So where can we learn more about TriggerPoint? Yeah, well, right now, um, we actually do a, quite a few conferences, and we're trying to really inspire researchers, like in this conference, to say you are not just a marketing researcher, and your job is not to, just to provide companies insight. If you're doing that, you'll be out of a job in five years. Your job is to change human behavior, and you are the best to doing it because mm -hmm. you study human behavior every day. Um, now you have to link that in with creative. I get that. And so there's a whole other area that we have to you know, focus on mm -hmm. as an industry. Um, but if you go to my website at triggerpointdesign.com, you can learn more about us. And I'm at conferences like this trying to And are, do you, do you tweet and blog? Can we find you on, you on Twitter? I'm on, I'm on Twitter at behavioral designer uh, one. And um, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. That's great. <laughs> well, thank you so much, William Leach for, um, I, I mean, we've been saying that our minds are getting blown continuously here, but you blew my mind again. And now I think oh. I'm going to have to look at things differently, which is the whole point of all of this, right? Uh, yeah. You know, the, the funny thing I'll leave you with is that the more you look, the, the bigger and kind of, um, more out of control this can get, can get. And so even the best of people, Dan Kahneman once said, that he's been studying this for 30 years. And even now he can't pick up on all the psychological primes, frames and triggers that are happening in every environment that we're in. And so when you try to do that, you'll just go, you'll go mad. So just let it happen to you. God. And then <laughs> getting into virtual reality with you, I think that would require some alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of it flowing around here. Well, IIEX, we are broadcasting live on voiceamerica.com, listening to great thought leaders about marketing insights and research and having our mind blown by trigger point Design and the fabulous William Leach. Thank you so much for joining Thank you. us. Thank you for me. Thank you. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com.